0: Welcome to the iot podcast show i'm your host tom white today we are joined by not one but two people from vodafone iot firstly we have christine chen christine chen is the principal iot engineering manager and sadir Sarangapani, who is the head of engineering for digital services iot pra- thank you so much for coming on the show today guys really looking forward to the chat
1: Thank you, Tom. Well, it's a pleasure to be here.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: You're welcome. Uh, So for everyone that's listening that has heard a bit about obviously Vodafone's interest in IoT from various angles, can we just scale back a little bit and talk about how individually you both got into IoT and engineering?
1: Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe kick off. So Christine and I are part of Vodafone Engineering uh, and we work in our IoT practice, which is part of a, a wider organisation that looks at building and running platforms for, for businesses. Um, I, I've been associated with IoT not too long, I must say, just about three years or so. Um, but I've been with Vodafone for over, well, it's coming up to you, 11 years actually. Um, how did I end up in IoT? It's one of the coolest parts of Vodafone, I must admit, now that I'm here. Um, and, you know, we typically encourage internal movements and so on and so forth. So prior to this, I was working predominantly on our IT platforms, looking at product development, supporting product development and business transformation and so on. I saw an opportunity to move into IoT. One thing led to another, and it's been three years or so.
0: Okay, fantastic. And 11, And 11 years in
1: total with the company. 11 That's, years in total. Well, that says, some, uh, that says something good, right? Oh, it definitely does. Well, um, yeah, th- th- there's a lot going on. And, and the thing I really like is the fact that you can move, move around and do lots of different things. Um, so I'm really pleased to be uh, in the IT part of both from business over the last three or so years. Excellent. And how about yourself, Christine?
2: Uh, so for me, my background is in a uh, degree, is in bachelor's, master's electrical engineering. I started as a RF engineer in the telco industry, so upgrading Vodafone sites from 2G to 3G and 3G to 4G in Australia. Um, uh, spent a few years in defence as the engineering lead, before going complete opposite, went from multinationals to startup, and that was um, and and a, a startups in different industries before finally finding uh, my passion in a startup called Thinkstra. Um, who is the Sigfox operator in Australia, New Zealand, and Hong Kong? And um, really, really enjoyed my experience there working in IoT. Loved how that that interface between technology and, and use cases, of how people actually use it, and the impact on its day-to-day life. Um, so then after that um i i went into consulting for a year um, on the fringes of iot and realized actually i prefer to be more hands-on working with the technology in iot so i joined vodafone last year compared this to sidi i'm a baby in vodafone um joined last august but i um, really really excited about the projects we have on um uh, in in digital services um the team has probably my, my team has over doubled in the last year um sadina's like tripled in the last year so it's been, it's been good it's been an exciting challenge yeah and fun
0: no absolutely thank you for that and we were just joking obviously backstage as it were that you joined and have never yet been on site right so we you know you're growing working in this fast-paced industry at a company but doing it all remotely as well christine
2: yes Oh, it's been fun. I we I talk to my colleagues every day, probably too much every day. Um, so it almost feels like we're not we're not um that far away from each other. But it definitely would be nice to catch up for a drink when when things start to open up in September. Yeah, hopefully. sure. Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Well, thank you, thank you very much for that intro. It's uh, really fascinating to know which which parts you guys have both come from in, into into Vodafone. Just to talk a little bit more about what you're actually doing. Can you give us some insights into Vodafone's strategy for IoT uh, in relation to businesses and what it is that you guys are working on on a continual basis?
1: Sure. Um, I mean, increasingly in Vodafone, we're very purpose-led. So our purpose is to connect for a better future um, and create digital societies, but in a way that is inclusive to all, in a way that is sustainable, in a way that is good for the planet. So a lot of what we're doing in IoT and and, and other areas as well is, is increasingly more and more linked to our purpose. If you look at what we're doing from a business point of view, but from business, um, our strategy essentially covers three broad areas. The first one is to extend our leadership in IoT managed connectivity. Uh, the second one is to become a leading provider of IoT end-to-end solutions. And the third one is to become Uh, a new provider of mobile private networks, which is an area that's receiving increasing focus and investment right now. Uh, I'll I'll very briefly touch on on each one of these. So starting off with connectivity, um, I'd like to say it's IOT cellular managed connectivity, something we we pioneered and we feel we do it better than anybody else. Um, Gosh, we have over 123 million connections uh, on our platform today, and we're growing at roughly about 20% uh, per year. Um, the managed connectivity platform we have is class leading. We've been a leader in the Magic Quadrant, for, the Gartner Magic Quadrant, for seven consecutive years, uh, operating five, five continents, 180 countries. Um, and we continue to do more and more when it comes to connectivity. We're looking at ways we can grow our business. Uh, that's through technology differentiation, innovation, partnerships, and so on and so forth. So connectivity is the first piece. We're we'll continuing to do quite a bit on that. Linked to connectivity is mobile private networks. Uh, Private networks are, when you think about it, are their local networks built to cover a specific location more often than not. Uh, And through private networks, you can deliver better service, uh, better level of control, more security, and so on. When you then combine private networks with, with edge computing it starts to pave the way for a number of low latency applications across different industry verticals. So we're making some good progress in private networks, uh, and that's a big area of focus for us. And thirdly, which is uh, a lot closer to to Christine, uh, to to the part of the business that Christine and I work in, is IoT end-to-end solutions. Um, So our plan is to build up a fairly large catalog of IoT end-to-end solutions that serve the needs of uh, various businesses, different shapes, different sizes, different industry verticals. Um, we're getting in place, uh, we're putting in place the right capabilities that will enable us to build up this catalogue at pace and at scale, leveraging the footprint that we have across, um, across the world. Um, IT and solutions is a super exciting area for us. Uh, Christine mentioned how our teams have grown, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit more. Um, so those are the three key areas of our strategy. Continue to, to lead on connectivity. Uh, start to become a, a leading provider of mobile private networks and also start to build up a really good differentiated set of IoT and solutions.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for that, today. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's a very exciting time. Clearly, you know, we've had a number of people on the podcast talking about various initiatives that they're doing with IoT. And I think one of the main things that is almost scary is that there are almost limitless use cases, isn't there, for, for what we can do. Um, We've had a number of people on from, from device-led uh, and smart technology all the way through to uh, medical technology and, and various other facets that touch upon yeah. people's lives. Um, and for me, that's one of the great drivers for IoT is that it's really the enablement of, of having a better life and, and for people to be able uh, to enrich themselves through the technology around them. On that note, I'd be curious to know what are the prominent end to end solutions that you that you guys are working on right now? And and also maybe if we could touch upon what you think may be more prominent in, in a couple of years to come and what we'll be seeing out there in the
1: in the open market. Sure. Um, what many might not realise is is we actually have companies or subsidiaries within Vodafone that specialise in in building and developing IoT solutions. Uh, so we've actually got five centers of competence that are companies we've acquired over the years. Um, Vodafone Automotive is one of them. Uh, they're based in Italy and they have the capability to design and manufacture devices as well. Uh, and they serve a lot of automotive and insurance businesses. Um, we've got another uh, center of competence called IoT.next, based out of South Africa. They specialize in facilities and energy management. Uh, another one from South Africa is Mezzanine and they look at agriculture. Um, we've then got uh, Grand Centrics in Germany, who, who have quite a bit of specialism when it comes to um, low powered um, networks and, and, and devices, narrowband IoT chipsets and things like that. And they've had quite a lot of success with a number of um, industrial consumer goods manufacturing companies or, or businesses. Mm-hmm. And finally, we've got another, um, another subsidiary called Botfond Innovus based out of Greece. Um, they're starting to focus on things like remote patient monitoring in the health space. So we've got these five centers of competence um, and more or less correlated to those centers of competence are the different verticals that we're going after. So on automotive, we've got, I, th- I would say, fairly mature solutions on fleet management and stolen vehicle recovery. Uh, on health, we're currently building two things. One is a remote patient monitoring solution, working with our colleagues in uh, from the University of Greece. Um, and another one we're really excited about is uh, a connected living uh, solution that we're, we're building uh, for, the, for the care sector. So health is, is an area we're starting to focus on quite a bit. Logistics, I would say, is something we've uh, had quite a lot of experience in. Um, Logistics solution, they span different customer segments. So we recently launched uh, a solution called Tag & Track uh, and temperature two solutions, actually, in Spain, and we're in the process of launching them in both from Italy. Uh, These are targeted at more of the small and medium businesses. But then when you look at some of our larger customers, who probably have slightly more complex problems to solve, uh, we've got some advanced tracking solutions using things like smart labels and so on. So logistics is an area where there's quite a bit of innovation going in. Um, Buildings is another vertical. Uh, We've got a surveillance solution. We've also got a, a thermal screening or a heat detection solution when hopefully someday we all get back into the offices. Um, And we're very close to launching an office space solution as well. Um, And finally, we're working through our roadmap for agriculture and the industrial sector. So a vertical focus across a few different verticals. And for each of these, we've got centres of competence, essentially companies that specialize in building solutions and sometimes even hardware uh, for some of these verticals. I would also say that. The end-to-end solutions, we kind of bucket them into two ends of the spectrum. We've got plug-in player solutions that are fairly, you know, they, they should work just out of the box. Um, they work; they typically work really well for small and medium businesses. Uh, and then the other end of the spectrum, we've got customer-tailored solutions. These ones are very specific to the business outcome or the problems each of our customers are trying to solve. More often than not, they involve, um, a bit of co-creation with the customers and partners as well we've got several of those and again these ones tend to be a bit more complex but quite innovative and and these are ones where we bring in private networks edge computing video analytics and iot together so it's hard to sort of put a finger on one or the other there's there's quite a lot going on yeah crikey
2: and yeah. that's the exciting thing about Vodafone, really, is like um, is that ability to focus on these different areas um, that are coming up in IoT, the plug-and-play and the customised yeah. solutions. Yeah. Thank,
0: thank, thank you very much for that. I mean, that, that's truly pretty much every angle and every corner of IoT being covered there, right? Um, I think one of the things that's quite interesting that you should mention is uh, Agritech. So uh, we've had vertical farming specialists on the podcast in, in the past, um, and, and what kind of dawned to me is the progression of vertical farming and agritech to essentially grow your own, uh, to cut down on the need for uh, freight shipping of, of um, uh, perishable items, food, right? So so we had uh, Delta Track on in the past that created an IoT solution to, from a logistics standpoint, you spoke about logistics as well, to, to track and monitor when uh, food was uh, becoming spoiled, right? So that you would uh, essentially divert that shipment to another country so it could be sold to someone sooner in the case it couldn't reach its end destination. Because I think the stats are crazy about 40%, 45% of all uh, fruit and vegetables that are shipped across the world ends up not being used. So for me, it's kind of juxtaposed in a way because you've got IoT solutions enabling better logistics and freight and transport, but then you've got other ones that potentially could wipe out that. Do you? And, 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 and you know, I know this is a bit of a curveball question, but do you see it as in a as sort of Darwin esque survival of the fittest IoT solution? And because some of these are going to compete against others, right in the sense of logistics versus agritech and, and also in automotive, there's different angles. What, what are your thoughts on that just quickly?
1: But, I mean, what we're finding is there are overlaps when you look at different solutions that, like you say, you know, we're, we're targeting uh, from an ag- agriculture point of view or a facilities management point of view or a, or a logistics point of view. Um, to be honest, a lot of it depends on how you bring some of these different elements together. Um for instance, you know, we're putting in facilities management solutions uh, to to monitor energy levels in buildings and facilities and so on and so forth. When you start to combine that with office occupancy, that's that's one level of um, additional value and and problems that you can look to solve that you probably didn't even knew yeah. was was ever possible. When you then add surveillance into it and and the out of the possible video analytics, there's more that comes into it. So. It's not something we're worried about, to be honest. I think we're just looking at all of these from, from different perspectives, and you'd be quite surprised as to how much um, you can get by bringing some of these yeah, things together. Absolutely.
2: And, and maybe that's that's the, and maybe that's how, that's the potential of plug-and-play solutions is that the more plug-and-play solutions we have available, the less we're focused on certain verticals or certain use cases. But when the plug-and-play solutions come together, what sort of industry, what sort of vertical they can serve. And I, th- I think that's the beauty of, of plug-and-play, really.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's a, it's a synergy effect, isn't it? Um of, of everything being say
1: the, the
2: thing that is
1: challenging though is how you create these these unique mm-hmm. application experiences that span across different IT and trend solutions. That's the bit that's a bit more difficult because the, the personas and and the types of people who deal yeah. with a facilities management solution in in one of our business customers is slightly different to probably the person or the or the, or the department of function even looking at logistics so um bringing the solutions together is is not necessarily that difficult in our experience at least the ones we've had in more recent times it's building these seamless application experiences that sit across multiple solutions mm-hmm. that's the piece that we're trying to really track
2: yeah it's something Sadia and I are very passionate about which is like- um, just tracking solutions alone, there's hundreds of, of thousands of tracking IoT solutions out there available. Just temperature sensor alone, there's thousands of options out there. But then how you bring these two different use cases together and provide a comprehensive, seamless experience to our customers, um, and provide the insights that they, that are really the value that IoT provides to them rather than just tracking things. It's the insight behind, um, these, these sensor monitoring, um, that, provides value to our customers. So providing that kind of service to them, I think, is, is I think, personally, I think, the future of IoT.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree and can, and can see why you, why you say that, Christine, because it's, it's providing a, a common user interface in a way, right? Um, we, mm. we look at the principles of single sign-on and I think that's quite uh, interesting when we talk about IoT, because it's great having all of these devices, but unless they talk together, work in harmony, um, then either the usage of them won't be as high as it should be, or you won't get the yeah. synergetic effect that we spoke about just now uh, by combining them and, and, and what can be done um, linking all of these together from a plug and play fashion. So yeah, 100%, and it'll be interesting to see where, the, where this goes in the future. Um, just moving on quickly, guys, Vodafone Business Surveillance. So this is something that caught my eye while browsing some of your solutions online. Um, To create a safe and secure environment, be that work, home, in shops, etc., security is clearly paramount and something that we've spoken about on a podcast many times in the past. Could you explain a little bit about IoT security surveillance and what this means for public safety improvements?
2: Mm. Uh, I'll probably take that question. Uh, so that's a solution that Vodafone has been working on since 2019. Um, we're working with a, a a vendor, partner with a vendor on that solution. We've turned around that solution in a very short time frame, within six months. Um, and and basically, it's a it's a it's a combination of it. It's an example of what what we were talking about earlier rather than a single sensor single use case it's a combination of different sensors different smart cameras coming together to provide a unified experience a unified solution to our customers um it uh our our Focus, it's already launched. It is available to, to purchase on the Vodafone website. Um, our future, our focus on the, um, coming quarters will be on um, future proofing that solution, making it as compatible to different devices and sensors as possible out there in the market, standardizing the interfaces. So our customers can pick and choose what cameras they want to use, what sensors they want to use and incorporate that part as part of our solution. And there's also other use cases we're looking at like body worn, for example, um, uh working more with the airline industry with manufacturing to provide um, to address problems like um uh, faulty paint on an aircraft uh, business surveillance is a solution that can scan the, the paint on an aircraft and see where there's where there's fault and and uh, highlight that as an alert to the customer but uh, yes, so so we're quite really really passionate about that solution. Um, it's really uh, that solution has really been a joint effort within Vodafone, the different teams in Vodafone and our vendor. Um, and there's going to be more capability coming.
0: I think I think it's very interesting that the, the, the business surveillance platform, as, as you say, and some of the things that you're looking at, certainly <laughs> that 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 paint and um, use case that you mentioned is is really really curious, right? It's uh, it's fantastic.
2: Yeah. And you mentioned security on our solutions. Um, That is something that Vodafone is quite known for coming from a telco sort of background. Security is inherent to what we do. Um, we follow a secure by design process where at the project level we have um, we work with group security team to make sure our solutions are um, compliant to our Vodafone security policies. Um, but at, also every year, our teams go through a cybersecurity board evaluation process where we're faced with over 300 security controls that we have to be compliant with. Um, and these include things like Catching, for example, how we segregate our development environments to our test environments and production environments. Um, how do we how do we do engineering? How do we develop a, a, a product? Um, how do we do testing? It, it, all of these are part of security. Is in every aspect of the way we build a solution in Vodafone and. and and how we handle customer data. So, I think, it's, I think it's one of the inherent advantages of Vodafone in the IoT industry is that ability to address and focus yeah, on security. Absolutely. And I
0: think the secure by design principles that you talk about is something that's very dear to our hearts here at the podcast. Um, our businesses are both members of the IoT Security Foundation um, and, and know that very, very well indeed. So, it, it's glad to know that it's not an afterthought from Vodafone's perspective as as often it is in many businesses right it's a gold plating exercise it's something that they look at retrospectively um and 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 you really can't do that with IoT you know it's the, it's the weak, it's, it's the weakest link often yeah. that can um, that can cause these these issues you know
2: yeah, and it's increasingly going to be a problem for IoT, right? When it comes to consumer data, say, you know, just just a tracker for your pet dog, for example, that might not be as big of a problem. But in Vodafone, and especially our, the part of the business we're in, um, we're dealing with and a lot of our customers, our enterprises and, and corporates, um, security is important to them. And the way we do secure by design, I think delivers yeah. value through those especially yeah, those
0: customers absolutely is there anything that you wanted to add to that Sudir, before we move on in the show Oh
1: no I'm, I'm pretty certain christine will have covered quite a bit i mean security and data privacy and security are things we we take very seriously in the form. so um sometimes it's frustrating i must be honest the amount of work we have to do um in relation to those three things before we take solutions to market it's the not-
2: yeah, it's the right thing to do and it's the right thing to do for our customers and that's why Vodafone puts so much emphasis on it and that's why security sits in the, at the group level um, outside of projects to keep them neutral and, and govern the projects.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, guys, IoT can obviously be a very complex process. Uh, one solution can involve multiple components from various vendors. How does Vodafone's end-to-end solutions simplify IoT from both hardware, software, and connectivity?
1: Um, I'll get started and maybe Christine can give you some specific examples. So overall, um, we're establishing the right technology capabilities and processes when it comes to to -to end-to-end solutions. So at a very high level, it's like a three-step process. So first is around how we go about identifying the solutions we should take to market. Um, and that's done through a lot of research, uh, number number of uh, discussions with all of our customers across our footprint, and so on. Um, and alongside that identification process is is what we call a selection process. So this is where we work out what solutions would fit that need, right? So that that's step one, um, and it's quite a it's, it's it's quite a robust way in which we go about doing that identification and selection, but a hell of a lot of focus on customers. Um, second is a process we call industrialization and this is a series of things we do um, around onboarding these solutions from our centers of competence a few that we build ourselves as well as partners Um, so things that we have to do to onboard them and roll them out across our footprint at scale and at pace so that's a process that we call industrialization and thirdly is what we refer to as localization now we've got a presence in lots of different countries. So quite often we have to tailor some of these solutions to serve the needs of our local customers. This could be as simple as, as language and pricing, but sometimes it also factors in regulatory needs um, that, that may vary uh, by, by region. So identification and selection, industrialization, localization, quite a lot of focus on processes and capabilities um, and a lot of technology involved. Uh, different platforms, e-commerce platforms, marketplace platforms, uh, and and quite a lot of automation. Do Do you want to touch on a few examples, Christine?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So just to add to that, Um, that was something that really surprised me, um, pleasantly surprised me actually when I joined Vodafone is um, onboarding a solution in Vodafone isn't like where I've experienced in other companies. You literally just make it part of your catalog and that was it or slap your logo onto it and that was it. No, when we onboard a solution, it needs to be part of Vodafone's processes and systems. Um, Our customers want a, a simplified, unified, billing and ordering process um, for these IoT solutions. And this isn't just for the UK, this means globally across all of Vodafone's uh, companies in Spain, in Greece, in Italy, um, in different com- com- countries. And, and that is a lot of work. And we, we do put in a lot of effort to provide that kind of uniformed, um, simplified experience to our customers. Um, uh, what one way of doing that is we've developed a, what we call a partner playbook. Um, which is similar to Amazon's vendor playbook, uh, a a guideline, basically a a set of rules and processes that our vendors and partners have to follow in order to be able to interface into the rest of Vodafone's processes and systems in order to sell at a global scale. And I think this this kind of standardized onboarding uh, vendors and partners kind of way of working is crucial to be able to, scale at a global, at the global rate we want to grow. We don't want to just be able to sell a solution in the UK or in Italy. We want to, why not sell globally? Why not sell in APAC or wherever Vodafone has a presence and doesn't have a presence. Um, So we're standardizing that interface with Vodafone. Make it to make it a, a much more simpler process for our vendors to onboard to become a Vodafone solution than it used to be in the past. Um, we're also are putting in a lot of processes in the engineering team, like um, automation tools, um, creating a, a, a way of industrializing and localizing solutions at a much faster pace than our first few uh, solutions. Um, we're we're looking at uh, how to how to managing. Because it's a joint effort, it's not just Vodafone that's developing these solutions. A lot of these solutions are joint efforts with our vendors, or a lot of them are come come directly from our vendors and, and partners. Um, so it's a um, we're working with our partners to um, to improve their release, uh, improve and fasten their release life cycles. So we're we're developing, helping them with them, um, helping them develop their solutions in a more agile way to make sure uh, they're improving. We're launching solutions quickly, but at at the same time, improving them over time in a in a faster manner than than I think what the IoT industry has been used to seeing. So an example would be um, recently we've been working with one of our vendors um, to improve their release life cycle by 50%. And by doing that, we're catching bugs a lot more a lot faster. Um, we're able to release a lot faster and. Add features to a solution a lot faster than than what we what we previously were used to, and I want to do that. I want to see that across all of our vendors. Um, yeah, and uh, I think another thing, maybe another thing to add is um, in my team. Um, so we're not just a team of software engineers. Um, we we're a cross, truly cross functional engineering team. Sid so has really made sure that happens, uh, and I really, I appreciate that because I think um it, it it's it's something it. Cross-functional engineering is something that is new to the, I think the typical kind of IT mindset that a lot of people going into IT are used to thinking. So in my team, we have uh, software engineers, we have test engineers, test leads, uh, DevOps engineer, We're also looking at um, bringing on board, uh, bringing the hardware expertise in-house as well, Um, and uh, having and we have infrastructure expertise. So it's truly a cross-functional engineering effort working using Vodafone's uh, capability to support our vendors and partners to launch solutions in a very, very fast manner. To get to that. Very large IoT marketplace
0: in the world. Well, well, I think you're doing an absolutely fantastic job, you know, by by the sounds of it, what we see online, the various use cases that you're touching. Uh, I love the idea of the playbook. I really love how simple that is for businesses to be able to follow a step-by-step guideline uh, about how that they can integrate with with what you're doing. Um, And one would imagine we're talking about uh, simplification, security by design, and and good general practices around IoT product and, and feature development, which 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 is amazing to see, um, and I'm glad that that's at the start of the process rather than somehow bodged in at the end. Uh, so that's 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 great. And it, and if we just take your Vodafone caps off for a moment, and we talk about the future of IoT, you know, what excites you the most? I mean, clearly you're both very passionate people in this industry where where do you see this going and, and and what is it that you really are interested in in, in seeing in the future maybe starting with yourself today
1: i think you mentioned it at the beginning tom the, the the possibilities are endless really um you know the some of these things we're actually working on by the way um you know the possibilities of bringing blockchain and iot technologies together for instance is super exciting um as we move to a world where things transact with things, right, without you know, intervention. So that whole turning up of blockchain and IoT is something, we're, you know, we're, we're quite excited about in the team. Uh, precise positioning is another area. There's so many different technologies you can use when it comes to um, either indoor or, or and outdoor precise positioning, right? So due to, due to Wi-Fi, ultra-wideband technology and so on. So, again, there's just so many things you could be looking at when it comes to precise positioning. Um, V2X, I mean, the the jury's out in terms of when vehicle-to-everything type capabilities will be there, but that's an area where, um, you know, we're we're quite excited to see where where, where it goes. Um, Fundamental to all of this is what you can do with data analytics and insights, Um, different forms of data, including video analytics. Um, I mean, some of the ways in which we've um, some of the problems we're solving for customers using video analytics, you'd be quite surprised at, at um, the types of problems we were applying to video analytics. The technology is there, to be honest. Uh, a lot of it is, is, is down to how you apply that and how you bring these different disparate pieces together. Um, it's a very, very exciting time for technology, um, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And,
0: and, and just quickly, Sadir, you mentioned blockchain. If you're interested in how blockchain machine learning and IoT can be involved, uh, there's an episode that we filmed with Yang Yongboom from Edge Impulse. He's a former principal engineer at ARM. He's got a business doing a lot of work with embedded machine learning for IoT. It might be worth having a look at as well. Yeah. Christine, how about yourself? Where Where's, uh, where's the future and where's your heart at within IoT?
2: um a lot of places i'm really passionate about the office spaces solution we'll be launching soon um vodafone is actually going to be using that ourselves to m- m- manage our office spaces post COVID. Oh, wow. so i'm really excited about use cases like that um connected vehicles is another one i'm horrible at parking um <laughs> engineers in my teams they, they better not run uh, run across me um, when I'm driving, in, if I ever drive into Newbury, which I'm not yeah. going to. I was just going to say, uh, that's
0: the real reason you haven't gone to the office, right?
2: <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Connected vehicles, uh, AIOT is another... Uh, it, one, but really, I think I just like to get to a point where um, the conversation in the industry isn't about which is going to be the next prominent use case, but rather IoT is just everywhere in our life. So it's not about use case, but it's just part of our life, day to day life. And maybe just a point, get to a point where my mom would actually know the difference between IoT and IT. <laughs> 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 that would really help as well so um yeah i think yeah, i'm that's probably really what i'm trying to get to in iot
0: yeah no that's fantastic I know, but, uh, t- that's such a it's such a nice sweet poignant thing to to end it on because one of the one of the things that we try to do with this podcast is to actually explain the significance of iot at a high level to people who are perhaps outside of the industry because I think we can all be victims of getting wrapped up in our own solutions and what we're doing, it's just the the average person on the street. What does this mean to them? And Mm. and hopefully anyone that didn't know IoT or really understood it, took some really valuable insights from from the time that you guys have, have kindly given up today to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, Christine, Sudhir, thank you so much for coming on to the IoT Podcast show today. It's been fantastic, really, really insightful to hear about Vodafone and, and everything that's going on. Um, I assume people can find out more about Vodafone online, perhaps just go to the Vodafone website, yeah. it, it, any, any other locations yeah. that they can have a look at?
1: Just start at Vodafone.com um, and that'll take you wherever it needs to take you.
0: Okay, excellent, fantastic. Thank you very much for coming on to the show and, and if you'd like to find out more about Vodafone and initiatives in IoT, check out the website, look at the uh, the comments in the, in the link below this episode. Please get involved in the conversation and we hope to see you on the next episode soon. <music>